Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's time to take command with former NFL tight end Logan Paulson and former Commander's Beat reporter Craig Hoffman. Take Command Podcast from Odyssey Sports. What's up? What's happening? Craig Hoffman, Logan Paulson with you. And Logan, we got nothing to talk about. No news, nothing (laughs) significant since we last sat down at these here microphones. Yeah. I mean, uh, we're a little late to the party, but some interesting stuff happened with the team. (laughs) Yeah, just to say the least. Uh, Hope you guys enjoyed the bonus episodes uh, that we pulled from my radio show, which, of course, the Hoffman Show, 4 to 7 each and every day on the team 980 where I kind of laid out my thoughts, my big long uh, monologue that I, I had written and then our chat with David Aldridge as well. But Logan, uh, that no, no one's heard your reaction to the news yet. So we'll get into that and some of the kind of the more important high level things that are still relevant a few days later and start looking ahead to what the Josh Harris era is going to look like as of course the news we're talking about is that Daniel Snyder has agreed to sell the commanders for a record six billion dollars according to multiple reports uh just you know cleaning up the loose ends Logan like it's a non-exclusive deal as of right now so theoretically another buyer could come in and, and bid higher no one really expects that to happen uh it's still got to be approved by the league but considering who the people in this group are specifically Harris is the lead bidder who's already a an owner in other major sports leagues. Uh, there should be no problems with the vetting and the finances. No one's anticipating any hiccups there. Um, the really the biggest questions are, you know, in terms of like any legal or remaining legal questions around the lawsuits that are and investigations that are into the team and Dan and indemnity. And those are either big or small questions, depending on which reporter you ask and who their sources are, et cetera, et cetera. But on the whole, um, the 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 distilled version is Dan has agreed to sell the team, and he's agreed to sell the team to Josh Harris. So when you found that out, when you saw that news last week, what was your reaction? I mean, I think there's a lot of fans that are rightfully so very excited about it. I was just kind of like it was inevitable at some point. If it wasn't this year, it was going to be next year. Like it just, I think there was too much stuff going on around the team with the other owners and Dan, the legal stuff. Like it just, you know, like this was an inevitability. And um, so I'm happy for the fan base. I think, you know, a lot of them have a fair amount of animosity towards Dan. And um, I think when you look at the team's history and since Dan's ownership, I think there's a lot of justification for that in certain instances. You know, I don't know Dan personally, um, so I don't want to speak on that. But, I, you know, just when you look at the history and the events of the team, I get why fans are excited. So, um, you know, I'm excited for the team, too. Uh, you know, all change isn't necessarily good change, but I think 
you know, under Dan's leadership, you've kind of got to see, you know, much like you would with a head coach, you get to see what this organization was going to be. And like, you know, just how sometimes a coach coach's tenure runs a little thin. Like, I think that's kind of what was going on with Dan here. So, um, not, you know, from a football standpoint, and obviously there's the legal stuff. So um, I think this is the right, the right thing. I think um, fans should be excited. I'm excited. Um, yeah. And I'm just kind of, you know, waiting like everybody else to hear, you know, more about Josh Harris and that group and what their plans are and, um, you know, wait until the sales finalized. Yeah. I, I would say the, you know, two things like one, the, the off the field stuff is so much more important in the, the grand scheme of right. everything. But even if you put that aside for the moment, like you got 25 years, basically of football and it's capped out at like the RG3 2012 team right. that you were obviously a part of as well, which didn't win a playoff game. Part of that was obviously Robert's injury. Um, but like they've, they've won one, two playoff games. I think it's just one under Dan's stewardship. Like right. it's just, he's clearly not good at putting the right people in place to, to run a football operation. That's going to win games. So purely on a football level, like this is, this is, I think an exciting time. Right. Nevertheless, the, the personal misconduct of, you know, allegedly Dan and people that worked underneath him, uh, that's been widely reported in, in a number of outlets. So, um, if, if that's how you run your football team, uh, on, on the off the field stuff to me, you don't get to own the, own a football team. Uh, and, right. and obviously I think for the fans that are much more, and, and, and I would say also the two are related. Um, but yeah. you know, for fans that just want to see a successful product on the field, um, that's like, this is great news because you're, you're going to get someone in, and actually let's jump into this a little bit now, um, in terms of Josh Harris and who he is and, and the way he's run it, I'm much more familiar with the Philadelphia 76ers and the way they've run than the New Jersey devils, which he's also a part of, mm -hmm. but with the Sixers, like he's a, they're a premier franchise, the way they run things like he pays people. Um, and that gets you the best of the best. And I, and I'm sure as you've talked to, friends around the league and people in the building, like it's not a, exactly a secret that especially before Jason Wright got to town um, and when Bruce was running things and, and the people that ran the the team before Bruce under Dan, like this is a team that was cheap. Like they, they underpaid everyone for everything. And thus you have people that aren't the most qualified, aren't the best of the best and the good ones leave. And, and I think that's the encouraging thing to me from like a football standpoint about Josh Harris is they're going to spend money. Like they're not, you're not going to have scouts that are underpaid and, and looking to leave and, uh, you know, not be able to retain the good ones because he's going to hire and, you know, whether it's immediately or a couple of years down the road after the Rivera you know era plays out, uh, if Ron has some success this year and it takes a little longer until he ultimately steps aside or whatever, however that ends, like he's going to hire a really high level executive to run things on the football side and let that person do their job and give them the resources to do it. And like, that's all you can ask for from an owner. Once you get past the, you know, the basic decency stuff. Yeah. And I think that's just like good leadership and good management, you know? And I think like there's a history there of him doing that in a, in a, in a professional sports environment. And I think that's encouraging. I think one of the things about Dan that was always a little bit flat for him was that he never seemed to kind of adopt whatever kind of business acumen and professionalism he had in his business sphere about getting good people around him, smart people around him. He always seemed to struggle with that on the football side of it. So, um, you know, I think, I think that those things, you know, like a, a track record, a history of being able to identify talented people and then being willing to pay them. I think that's something, you know, you, you mentioned that Dan has not always been willing to do. And 
remember having a conversation with our equipment guy and, you know, I said, you know, they get in a conference every year and say, you know, how much the, you know, what's the standard going right. And he was like, I'm the 34th highest paid equipment guy in the NFL when I was here in Washington. So that means there was an assistant that was making more than him at some spot. And he was the head guy here. So he's managing all of the logistics of the clothes and the laundry, the orders he's, you know, and he's the 34th paid guy. You know, we didn't have um, like an HR department when I was there, like, you know, because it was like basically the woman at the front desk to work with Miss BJ. So um, I just look at that and I say to myself, like, those were some decisions that probably could have been handled differently. Like I told this to Kime recently, like my wife, you know, I played here for six years had not been in the building until we did a trick or treat event with Ron Rivera, you know, as a staff here, you know, and so like just thinking about some of those things that I got to experience in other places um, you know, like the, the, the familiar environment of Atlanta, like San Francisco, just how they try to take care of you in any way possible. Like they were willing to take that extra step to make you feel comfortable and welcome and help you with your moving and all these types of things. And uh, that just wasn't the case here. And, you know, everyone wants to, you know, moan and complain about the facilities. And when you look at the facilities compared to other NFL places, they're approximately the same, you know, it's, there's not a huge drastic difference in terms of what's available to the athletes here. I think the thing that makes the difference is just kind of that personal touch, you know, and being willing to kind of invest in the environment and the culture from the financial side, which uh, was something that when I did go to different organizations that I got to see kind of be handled differently. And I thought, wow, like that's an effective way, you know, just as an example, like they paid for childcare when I went to Atlanta. So if my wife came to a game, she could drop my son off and my daughter at the childcare and come watch the game and hang out with the other parents, other, other teammates, you know, and that's something that wasn't a feature here in Washington. And it's, it's, it's not a huge thing, but it goes a long way. Like talking to some of the guys that I train now who are in the NFL, like that's a huge part of making them feel welcome in this environment. That's, you know, so characterized by free agency and, and, you know, the, this kind of impermanence, like those little things go a long way. So, um, I, I'm hoping that Harris, you know, with his experience with the Sixers and the Devils, like understands that. And it seems like he does. And um, not only is willing to invest in the high level, you know, personnel, like you were discussing, Craig, but also say, I'm going to invest in the players and the culture here and build something that people are excited to be a part of. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Yeah, definitely. And I, I don't know anything about Josh Harris in terms of like, his like who he is as a person um and i don't say what i'm about to say to like just dump on dan for the sake of dumping on dan but like dan is known to be an awkward like kind of impersonal person sure and he actually didn't have a lot of business like he his business success was extremely limited and timed well that allowed him to buy the team Mm -hmm. along with some other things and like he's had mostly other business failures he kind of got you know he rode uh, the the best asset you can arguably own in America, an NFL team, uh, to to the wealth that he's about to accumulate when the check clears, uh, and Harris ultimately buys the team. But like those things trickle down to the organization, right? Mm-hmm. Like you know he he's not hiring people who have an emphasis on personal touch because that's not his thing, right. um, and, you know, and he doesn't necessarily understand the importance of that compared to what 
other other or owners um you know arthur blank who's got a much more personal touch and like look these are all i'm not trying to like glorify billionaires because a lot of them have a lot of issues in a lot of ways that's sure. the nature of being a billionaire um there's always stories there's always this there's always that but like arthur blank by billionaire standards has has a pretty good personal touch from from the stories that i've heard and, and players that have played there and um he cares about that stuff and so it's not a surprise that atlanta has that um you know and you know, I, you've talked about how Kyle has tried to, like he made that those mistakes earlier in his career where he was very impersonal and he's yeah. tried to learn from those. And so right. it doesn't surprise me that those were, you know, more emphasized in, in getting the best out of players in San Francisco. Well, and also, like, I think it's just important, like one of the reasons Kyle took that job in San Fran is because the ownership there said, like, we are willing to be a first-class organization. We're willing to invest in the nice charter plane. We're willing to invest in the nice hotels, the childcare, the resources, the strength and conditioning, like whatever you need, whatever you feel we need, you and John Lynch to get us to the next level, we're gonna do it. And uh, you know, talking to Kyle and listening to him talk about it since in some podcasts that he's done, like I think that's, that's something that he probably learned from here and his experience with his dad is like, you know, is, is when his dad came in, you know, that was, that's what Dan said. And then obviously it didn't turn out that way. And so for that, right. so that ownership support of the coach of the GM, I think it is, you know, like as a young player, I didn't see the significance of it, but the more I've been around other teams and seen more stuff, the, the more important it gets. So I do think that like, that's a great example of a guy who, who in, in an organization that said, we invested in the right guy and Kyle, we invested in the right guy and John, who are both very charismatic people, people, you know what I'm saying? Like they, they get how important that is and, um, and they made, the, and they made an effort to, to make it better. So I think that that is, you need the support of that ownership. And I'm not sure that always, you know, another thing that I was just thinking about is like, you know, everyone talks about, oh, they, they botched the Sean Taylor thing. They did this. They, I got to meet the team that did the Sean Taylor thing. A lot of them, like, I want to say, you know, the majority of them are just out of college. Right. right. And the reason they're just out of college is because the salary here does not, is not conducive to people making a lot of, to, to, to getting an experienced person in that position. So you can hem and haw as a fan and all that you want. And I, you know, I feel bad for those kids, right? Cause they are kids, you know, they're 22, 23, 24 years old, managing a big, big presentation like that, but they don't have any experience. There's no one on the staff that's experienced enough. There's no one here that was a fan of the team that understands how important that is. So I, I think all that stuff is, it, it kind of goes back to just not understanding the value of people and the value of quality people. And, and, you know, whether or not he can identify that, you know, I don't know because I don't know Dan, but I do think that's something significant that, that it, it shows up constantly here in this organization. Totally. And I'll give, you know, Ron and Jason some level of credit that they kind of came in and yeah. were like, Hey, this ain't, this ain't it. Like we got to do better. And, you know, Dan has always kind of picked his one guy, whether you know, it was Bruce for a decade was the guy who was like Dan's guy and Bruce got whatever he wanted, uh, which was obviously a huge mistake. But like when Ron came in, it's like, okay, well, whatever Ron says goes. And so some of the stuff has gotten better the last couple of years. Um, well, and I now think like, like Fred always talks about how, you know, Ron was brought in to change the culture. And I think he's yeah. done a great job of that. Like, I just, I think about the Halloween thing and I, you know, I'm, I'm on the media side. I'm part-time guy. I'm invited to that. I got to bring my kids in, got to walk around the building, got to meet, you know, the Martys are handing out candy to my kid. Like that is a, that's a special thing, man. You know, and, and, and it's, and it doesn't take a lot of time, but it's, it's significant. And I think stuff like that is a, is directly correlated to Ron or Ron's wife, whoever put that on. But I think that that is, I look at that and I say, wow, that's something that, you know, when I was here for six years, that never happened. 
Yeah. No, a hundred percent. And what they've run into now is like, they're still running into some of the stuff I'm sure financially where Dan doesn't necessarily want to. And obviously the things have been so topsy-turvy and unsettled the last couple of years. It puts a complication on everything, but also you mentioned the facilities, like now they are truly running up against the, the limitations of their space and, and things mm -hmm. like that, as opposed to, Hey, we're not even maximizing what we have. Cause like, there is a huge difference now as some of the teams, you know, I reference Chicago and Minnesota all the time that have these incredible large spaces to practice in. And they have the video projection screens uh, where they can kind of do walkthroughs in a classroom setting, which helps, you know, it, it's, it's, uh, it's on the gray area of the rules of, of how legal that is. Um, sure. But like it's, I mean, it's in, it's in the white, so to speak, because it's allowed and teams do it. Um, but it's, it's a classroom setting where they get to do walkthroughs, like stuff that's incredible. And it's that, that's just more of like time space evolving. And the commanders haven't yet gotten to that level of upgrade versus like, oh, they're too cheap to.